What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. All three fellas hanging out with you, Lucas, Cameron, and Tyler. I said it on the last podcast, we were going to get everybody back, and the gang's all here. We are ready to talk Fantasy Dynasty Football. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty solid. The weather's been really crappy, but, you know, we're talking football, nothing better. That's how we're opening this? With the weather? I don't know what the weather was like where you guys what were. Is this but a first it, date? We have nothing else to talk about? It, did you did you go outside today? Oh, my gosh. Where oh, we were, I went was, outside today. It was snowing and slushing. It was like took up my entire brain power this morning to like get to work. I like walked outside. I'm like, I'm not going to do this today. I did not want to go when I saw that. I'm sorry. I The weather has nothing to do with it, but I just had to bring it up. It was ridiculous. It didn't make Wednesday any better. I will say that. No. And I and typically I'm a fan of Wednesdays because it's a halfway point. But we've done this intro too many times. Tyler, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm do I'm doing great. I'm doing great. But um, you know what really puts a damper on things? This weather and the, the generational weather. talent label <laughs> with Malik Willis just ruins everything. But other than that, I'm just Man, I'm doing went... Danny, doing splendid. We went to two totally different routes. One talks about the weather, and one just takes a rip on generational talent, Malik Willis, who we'll be well, talking about in this episode. But, man, we're just getting right to it. We're getting just right getting right in. to it. We uh, we got a great slate for you here for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be uh, bringing down all the rookie prospects that could make an impact on your dynasty football teams this upcoming season for fantasy football. Uh, we'll be talking about the quarterback specifically today. Do wider or running backs next week, wide receivers the week after, and then we will be live for the NFL draft live. on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, we'll be doing the podcast live that week, uh, and we'll be live during the NFL draft. We'll be giving you uh, the breakdown of each pick, both NFL wise and fantasy football wise, as well. Should fantasy football apply? Um, We'll be honest. We don't have too many leagues that we're in that involve defensive players, so we'll probably mostly be the offensive players that we break down. But there you go. Um, We'll, we'll we'll bring you some breakdown of the NFL picks, too, and the, the fits that we like there. And we even mm-hmm. have a little bit of a competition. We previewed that last week. We're going to go a little bit of a head-to-head-to-head uh, NFL mock draft with a little bit of a point system. I still haven't decided if it's going to be a winner prize or a loser prize. I'm, oh. I'm kind of leaning towards a loser prize. Oh, and I, I have a good a winner one. prize. <laughs> no, I'm thinking I'm thinking a loser prize, and it may or may not involve Miles Sanders. Can do, do you feel do you feel slated when in the conversation for a loser prize? <laughs> well, I feel like I definitely could be in a loser prize. Although, I might just put five quarterbacks in the top ten and just be like, you know what. This is going to be a crazy draft. It's going to pan out. It's going to pan out. It probably will. That's the scary part is it could, you know. Mm. Like Desmond Ritter could go to the Seahawks. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, That was not advice. I I wouldn't mind that in the second round. In the second round, yeah. I'm going to move on. We'll talk about these quarterbacks (laughs) later. We got got them coming up on today's docket. Uh, Let's open today uh, with question of the day, though. Oh, where was the transition? There Oh, oh no! We love the low budget production system over at the Fantasy Football oh, Fellows. So, so here's yeah. the deal. I click on it, and I, it comes up, and there's a little play button, and it didn't play. And so I move my curtain right as I hit it with my cursor. Yeah, we got a fire right. producer. Yeah, unbelievable! <laughs> Un- unbelievable! 
Cut, Damn, too much it, for this. Edit it. Cut it. Question of the day. <laughs> this is a good one. This could get a lot of people fired up. Who is going to have the better fantasy football season? It's going to be Derek Carr or Captain Kirk Cousins. Ty, you want to take this one? Yeah, I'll feel. I feel like I gotta hide my jacket a little bit because it is a purple Vikings little pullover. Just not trying to let the bias show. Right, if that's the case. right. My reasoning is is as simple as this: We saw what the McVeigh system did for Stafford. Why wouldn't it do the same for Captain Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. So, how high does Kirk Cousins finish? What's Kirk Cousins' ceiling for you versus Derek Carr's? Uh, I'd say my ceiling for Kirk is like QB seven or eight. And my ceiling for Derek Carr is like 10, 11. It's close. But I think when you just look at the schemes between a McVay offense and a Josh McDaniels offense, I'm going McVay's offense 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Well, here's a stat for you. Since 2015, when Kirk took over as a starter, he has finished top 12 five times, top 10 three times. Derek Carr has finished top 12 one time in that time frame. Even with the addition of Devontae Adams, Derek Carr is not all of a sudden going to be a top seven quarterback. He's just not. Maybe he cracks the top 10 if he has an insane year, but he's never had the touchdown production. The yards came last year, but the touchdowns weren't there. McDaniels is not going to change the touchdowns. He's going to run the ball in. That's what he's going to do. And so I don't think the scheme changes enough, whereas Minnesota, they're going to throw the ball a ton. Players are going to be open wide all over the place because that's going to be the scheme they're running. So I'm definitely taking Kirk on this one. I'm going through. uh, I I agree. I'm taking Kirk Cousins. I do think it's close because I think that the the addition of Devontae Adams all of a sudden makes this a much more viable conversation than I think it was last year. Here's the thing about Derek Carr. Cameron, you you hit it you hit it on the head. Josh McDaniels wants to run the football. And I I'm looking through the past. I'm on 2014 and I was looking from from last year until 2014. New England hasn't finished higher than um let's see. Let me rephrase. New England has only finished Uh, in the top half of NFL pass percentage uh, since 2014, twice. They have been, they've either been 19th in pass percentage or lower in those other years. So, So that's the other thing. People will then say, well, that's not fair because Tom Brady didn't have any receivers. So, of course, Josh McDaniels wants to run the ball more. Well, then I encourage you to go back and look when they had Randy Moss and Josh McDaniels in that same offense in 2009 and 2010. New England was 16th, or excuse me, they were 14th and 26th in pass percentage. Josh McDaniels wants to run the football. Okay, he wants to run the football. He has Josh Jacobs there. He has Kenyon Drake there. Like, it, the addition of Devontae Adams makes Derek Carr... A, a, a top 15 lock of quarterback for sure. I think he's a borderline top 12. But here, I'm, let me let me also read off a few names. And 
I think this will just prove the point that Derek Hart really doesn't have the ceiling to be a top 10 quarterback this year. Does he finish higher than Josh Allen? We can all agree no. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, Matthew Stafford. No. I think the cutoff is probably Jalen Hurts before it even becomes a relative conversation. Matthew Stafford. Does he finish higher than Matthew Stafford? No. 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 I would agree. Uh, how about Dak Prescott? No. no. That they're going to throw the ball like crazy this year. Joe Burrow. Does he finish higher than Joe Burrow? No. Who no. just got a better offensive line, who is in the better offense. I 100% agree. Russell Wilson, now in Denver. Aaron Rodgers. Well, that one could be close, depending on what they do in the draft. That is true. Again, I think that that's crazy to say that Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers might be more of a conversation than Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford. That's kind yeah. of crazy to say, considering yeah. we were a year ago. Yeah. When you put it but like then that. then this is where you hit. Go ahead. No, right. I was just going to say, when you right. put it like that, that's that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, then you get to Trey Lance, who we all have right around that quarterback 12, 13 range. Um, you have Trey Lance. You also have guys, Justin Fields, and that's where we all have Kirk Cousins. Like, Trey Lance, I think Derek Carr could easily finish above Trey Lance because Trey Lance will be his first year in the league, but we all like his rushing upside more than we like Derek Carr's tree-like presence in the pocket, right? <laughs> Same with Justin Fields. Then you get Kirk Cousins. And this is the conversation, right? Like, like they are going to be right next to each other this year. I prefer Kirk Cousins because of the system of offense he's in. Yeah. I think that's all we really need to say there. And you two nailed it both on the head. I am going to trust uh, the Kevin O'Connell pass-heavy offense more than I am going to trust the Josh McDaniels. Yes, Josh McDaniels um, run-heavy offense. That is noted throughout history. That is, you can go back and look. New England has been bottom half in the league in pass percentage far more than they've been top half in the league in pass percentage. So I agree. I We we needed to say that because I feel like a lot of people are like, no-brainer, Derek Carr, top 12 this year. And I'm like, uh, is he really, though? Like, is he really? I don't think he is. So thanks for engaging in that discussion. Uh, before we hit some uh, rookie quarterbacks here and their impact for fantasy football potentially this upcoming year, let's talk some news and notes from around the league the past week. Beautiful. Better. Hashtag nailed it. <laughs> Better. <laughs> Hashtag big winner. news that came out. What well, big news that came out this morning? Stefan Diggs, four-year, hundred and four million dollar extension with the Buffalo Bills. Seventy million of that guaranteed. Just for fun, how big is Justin Jefferson's contract going to be when he's available for an extension in 2023? It'll be 100 million guaranteed. It probably will. Just crazy. Whatever, Kirk, like this has been my theory. We extended Kirk Cousins to get to 2023 when Justin Jefferson all of a sudden is eligible for an extension. We're going to let Kirk go at that point, and any money we've been paying Kirk is going to go right to Justin Jefferson's pocket. I guarantee it. And nobody's going to say a thing about it. They're going to say, great investment. Great investment. And I'm going to say, okay, well, where's that same energy with Kirk Cousins? Yeah. And we're going to go to freaking Kellen Mond, who isn't even going to be <laughs> NFL ready at that point. Because he and Kirk are just two totally different style of football players. <sighs> Makes me sick. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans trades pick 18 plus a few late round picks and a 2023 first round pick, a 2024 second to Philadelphia for pick 16 and pick 19. So all of a sudden... 
We have Philadelphia at picks 15 and 18. New Orleans at picks 16 and 19. Who got the better side of that trade? Hmm. I feel like you have to say Philadelphia. They got more compensation. But New Orleans, is it fair to say New Orleans is in a better situation to win now than Philadelphia is? Oh, absolutely. To me. So then, go ahead. To me. It, to me, it's a win-win for both teams, but Philly just has a better win than New Orleans. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair, yeah, because I do agree. Because I think if you look at it from the perspective of New Orleans is more set to win now, they get more assets in this year's draft at a, a great spot in the draft, might I add, where they can add one, hopefully one of the top talent wide receivers. They can also probably add a decent offensive lineman if they want to, a really good defensive piece if they want to really bulk up there because of Dennis Allen. I mean, if you get two picks in the top 20, like, that's a win. That's a win for you. But also for Philadelphia, you're looking like your window isn't now. Your window is probably two years down the road. Yeah, I like it because it, it, it's Jalen Hurts insurance is what it is. You know, because this year you still have two first-round picks. You're still giving them the opportunity to win now. But next year, if it, the Jalen Hurts experiment does not work, now you have two first-round picks again where you can nab a quarterback or trade up to grab a quarterback high. You know, they're in a position now where if they don't need to pick a quarterback next year, they have two high, two decent first-round picks, you know. So I think it works out pretty well for Philadelphia. I would 100% agree with that. Um, I, I kind of raised an eyebrow at it originally, but the more I thought about it, the more I've chewed on it, I think it makes sense for both sides here. So be interested to see how that shakes out in the NFL draft this year. Bruce Arians. I put retires in quotes on my, on my uh, notes because I, I know he moved to the front office, but I don't know. How convinced are you that Bruce Arians actually retired from football and Tom Brady didn't just say, go do something else? I don't think no, Brady I, said, like, I need a new You don't think coach. so? You don't think, like, he's coming out of retirement and he's like, Bruce, sorry, it's time for you to move on, buddy. I, I Like, what kind of... Have I, I been I, listening to too much Bill Simmons? <laughs> I might be listening to too much Bill Simmons if that's the case. Maybe, just a tad. But, like, I mean, look, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles are both... Are, I mean, we saw Arians be a great coach. Bowles is going to be equally a great coach for Tampa. So I don't know what advantage Tom thinks he gets by forcing Arians out and bringing Bulls in, but. Well, cause Arians is still on the team, right? He's still uh, in the He's in front, front office of, now. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, they're not going to change their scheme. They're going to run the same scheme. Brady's probably going to, is going to have the same freedoms. I don't think it changes much for Brady. Um, However, I think the biggest winner of this is obviously Todd Bowles. You know, he got screwed in and on the Jets. Like, that, that was an awful situation to be a head coach of. Now you're coaching Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. Pretty decent defense, you know. Like, it's a good situation to step into after having coached the Jets. Yeah, and another point, too, real quick to Arians. Leftwich was the play caller on the offense. Arians was just the guy that oversaw everything else. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady or Derek Carr in fantasy football? 2022. 
Uh, I don't even think that one's close. Um, I think Tom Brady might outscore him by close to 100 fantasy points. I I just realized I didn't bring I didn't bring him up in the, in the list of Derek Carr quarterbacks. <laughs> Mostly because I haven't re-ranked him yet, so oh, yeah. I, I had to bring it up. <laughs> Uh, Rams signed Bobby Wagner to a five-year, $50 million deal worth up to $65 million. This is just a classic Rams move. Uh, right. But shout-out okay, shout out to Theo Ash. His two podcasts, we've mentioned him in a row now. Um, I need to say, he laid it out really well, though, because I feel like a lot of people are like, how in the world do the Rams keep affording these big-name star players? Uh, well, okay, when you realize Robert Woods' contract was $16.5 million a year, uh, and they also, I believe it was right around an additional like $20 million. They freed up in cap space with guys that they let walk. All of a sudden, you, you look, it's like, okay, five years, $50 million. Well, that's only $10 million a year. You look at Allen Robinson's deal like that. They like they still have cap space, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Um, yet they brought in two of the biggest names in free agency. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you're wondering how the Rams still have cap space, um, go check out the Oash. He actually broke it out really clearly for everybody. So I uh, shout out to him. I appreciated that. <laughs> Texans signed Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack starting running back for the Houston Texans next year. He really fits their scheme of bad veteran running backs. <laughs> and, you know, I think that it's just right up the alley of Houston. That's kind of what we should expect. They're going to end up Mack. taking Brees Hall. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to. Everyone's going to hate Brees Hall and rookie drafts, and it's going to be awful. And I'm going to, I'm going to draft him at number three overall. That's you will not. If he goes to the Texans, I'm still taking him. <laughs> Marlon Mack, top 30 fantasy running back next year if Brees Hall isn't drafted by the Texans. Oh, Ooh. that's such a disgusting line. I don't want to discuss that. it. It was a joke. <laughs> I don't want to discuss it. Here's, a, here's an interesting one, though. Devontae Parker traded uh, to the New England Patriots for the Miami Dolphins this past week. Uh, is Devontae Parker the number one wide receiver in New England now? Yeah, by default, I guess. Yeah. Um, he didn't <laughs> right, earn by it, default. he is. By default. Uh, how early are you taking him in fantasy drafts, if you're taking him in fantasy drafts? A late flex. Maybe. I'm staying away. <laughs> uh, 12th round at the earliest, and that's if I absolutely hate everybody else on the board, and I have way too many running backs. Yeah. That's is it, where I'm is at. it weird that I, when it comes to fantasy at least, I still like Jacoby Myers more than Devontae Parker? No. No, because Jacoby Myers is going to be playing in the slot. And Mac Jones, hyper accurate. Let's get the high accurate. Let's get the high target completions to Jacoby Myers. So I don't, yeah. I don't think it's crazy. Good. Okay. I was I had to double check just to just to make sure. No, I think it, it, more, it more so impacts... Um, uh, Wow, I can only think of Nikhil Herring. He's not even going to be on the team. Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne is who I was thinking of. I think it impacts him more than it impacts uh, Jacoby Myers. DK Metcalf can be traded for, quote-unquote, the right price, who then DK Metcalf went ahead and quoted and said, I ain't heard nothing about that. Um, I don't know what the right price is. Uh, I don't know how much I actually really believe this rumor. Yep. I would seem silly if you're Seattle. Why wouldn't you get rid of Tyler Lockett, who is older? Uh, you're paying more money to right now. I This whole wide receiver market thing is getting out of control, I think. So I've, I've heard a lot on DK, and obviously I'm really high on DK, so I've been paying, paying pretty close attention. He's First smoking all, that no, DK pack. 
No one is having more fun on Twitter right now than DK Metcalf. That is true. The dude (laughs) is just enjoying every rumor about him, tweeting about it. The second thing is the reason that they might look to trade him is they're not winning a championship or contending for a championship for the next two years. In two years, they're going to have to pay DK Metcalf $100 million. And so that's kind of where they're coming from is they don't have to pay him when they're just starting to kind of get on the verge of maybe contending that year. Um, so they're looking, I know the Jets offered a, the 10th overall pick and, or whatever pick they have. Was it the 10th? Yep. Yeah, it was the 10th. 10th. And they turned it down. So, I mean, I have no idea what you could possibly offer. It'd have to be, I guess, a high first and like a third or, or a second or something. But still, that seems pretty ridiculous. Maybe, I mean, they're probably going to look at what they got for Tyreek Hill and be like, that's what we want, even though I don't think they're going to get it. Seattle Seahawks take generational talent Malik Willis with the ninth <laughs> overall pick. Do they win a championship in the next four years? No. BK's good for fantasy, but they don't win a championship. I need I need to quit throwing out these crap hypotheticals. I am listening to too much Bill Simmons. That's what I've decided. You're right, though. I mean, maybe in five years they could win it, but not four. Four's too early. <laughs> Add one more here, then then we're talking. Now now it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, last piece of news: Gronk says he quote unquote can't commit to football right now. Uh, even with Tom Brady back, I guess that kind of surprises me. Um, I think he's just making too much money on endorsements. Like like that, that's not even like a joking comment. Like I'm actually serious about that. Like I don't know if Gronk has any reason to come back and play and beat up his body when he's making all sorts of cash money on all these ads that I keep seeing. Well, and I was wondering if. He's saying that just because he uh, he's not getting the money that he was hoping for from Tampa. That's also probably another good reason, outside of <laughs> all these endorsements that he could be getting, too. Um, and if I'm Gronk, I'm not saying I'm coming back till like, three days before the season starts. Oh, no. You know, I'm, I'm not going to work out. I'm literally going to show up and then play the next day. Like That's going to be my mindset. You're the starting tight end for this team no matter what. Mm-hmm. They're not going to throw Cameron Braid over you with Tom Brady as the quarterback. They're not going to do that. They're not. They're not going to do. You that. don't. You don't believe in Cameron Braid. Uh, he has a great no. breakout potential as a head coach someday. But that's about it. That's in, the high, in the high coach. school ranks, PE <laughs> football team, he might be a great coach. <laughs> I'm not even going to jump in on this. Let's move on to breaking down these rookie quarterbacks. I'm just going to hard transition. Uh, let's let's talk about some of these rookie quarterbacks and the impact they may have in fantasy football next year and where you can be looking to take them in your dynasty drafts this upcoming year. These rookie quarterbacks this year are frustrating. Is that an okay word to use? One word, how would you describe these rookie quarterbacks this year? Disappointing. Painful. We're all on the same page. No explanation then. How are you ranking these painful, disappointing, frustrating rookie quarterbacks this year then? Can I clarify real quick? You can clarify. Ranking based off of where we have like in the actual NFL draft or going in terms of dynasty? Um, NFL draft, because I think there a few of their landing spots will determine what order they are taken in dynasty drafts. Um, 
So where, yeah, in terms of the NFL draft, where do you have these five rookie quarterbacks, the five focal ones? I really want to throw Carson Strong in there, but I think we all have him at number six. Correct. Uh, for me, one is Kenny Pickett. Two is Matt Corral. Three is Malik Willis. Four is Sam Generational Howell. talent Malik Willis, excuse you. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. All right, we're done with that. Undeniable, <laughs> undeniable talent that Malik Willis supposedly has. Anyway, uh, Sam Howell for Desmond Ritter at five. Interesting. All right, I'm going. I'm. I gotta clarify one more time because you just told Ty and it, it went through one ear and not the other. <laughs> and I don't want to get it. We're doing NFL draft right now, right? Yes. Yes. Actual oh NFL draft. All right. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett. Uh, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. That's so interesting. Uh, I got Kenny Pickett number one, Malik Willis number two. Uh, I have Desmond Ritter number three, Matt Corral number four, Sam Howell number five. So we're all kind of we're all kind of all over the place here, but um, I don't think it's unfair to say that. Well, I think everybody would agree with this. Malik Wills has the highest ceiling out of all of these rookie quarterbacks. And he has the potential to be um, the best fantasy quarterback out of this draft. So I want to start with Malik Wills because even though we are a football podcast, we are first fantasy football, and I want to prioritize the way in which we discuss these players by fantasy football preference. So... Um, Malik Willis could be the number one overall quarterback taken in this draft. Tyler, give me, give me the highlight, the low light for Malik Willis. I mean, out of all, out of the many, but give, give me one, give me one of each for Malik Willis. Yeah. Let me start with the, with the highlight, uh, or I guess a highlight for Malik Willis. Um, the dude has athleticism that goes off the charts. He's got speed. He's got strength. He is shifty. He is everything that you wish for in a good all around football player. Um, I guess that really kind of encompasses all that I was going to say about the highlights for Malik Willis. <laughs> the one low light that I will touch on is um, his the footwork is a big red flag for me. Um, So you traditionally see this in more athletic quarterbacks and more mobile quarterbacks that um, the footwork when they're running or they're, they're throwing on the run or they're trying to move out the pocket and then try to, you know, dodge a tackle and whatnot. They don't get their feet underneath them properly and what happens then is their ball is way way off the mark whether that's missed picked or just in the dirt um it it, it showed up quite frequently with Malik is that he can ne- like when he got his feet underneath him he was a pretty darn good quarterback the majority of the time he never got his feet right and so balls were constantly you know being dropped because they're way out of reach of the wide receiver or they're almost being picked. So there are so many good things and so many bad things about Malik Willis that he just, you're either all in on him or you're all out. 
And for me, I'm more all out than I am all in. There's one highlight from Malik Willis that I play over and over in my head whenever somebody says generational talent. And uh, I can't remember what which game it was, but Malik Willis was rolling out to the right. Uh, and he throws uh, – he's so confident in this throw. And, and the cornerback – like if Malik Willis was a novel and the quarterback was reading him, bro read the novel in two seconds and knew exactly where Malik Willis was going. And Malik Willis threw a dot right to this cornerback. And I'm like – it wasn't anywhere close to his wide receiver. It was straight to the cornerback. And I just, I scratched my head because then I see Malik Willis make some incredible throws. And I'm like, this this dude could be the real deal. And for personality-wise, he carries himself like he's the real deal, right? Like he's got that that personality it factor that a lot of NFL scouts like, um, which will obviously favor him. But I, I look, every highlight you'll go watch of Malik Willis at the NFL Combine, every highlight reel you'll watch, it only consists of five throws that he made at the combine. Because <laughs> you want to know how many he overthrew? At least half. It, it was not, I, I don't know. I People were like, wow, look at his arm talent. And I'm like, wow, look at how bad his accuracy is. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree on everything you said. So then let, in terms of the NFL draft, how early could Malik Willis go in this draft? And where do you think he'll actually go in comparison to that? Yeah. Um there's been some – number two to the Lions has picked up some steam quite recently, but I feel like people have been saying Willis more as a replacement for Kyle Hamilton than it actually is a realistic and ideal fit for both parties. Sure. So that being said, I think the highest he goes is six. Carolina is the first team in the draft that like really needs a quarterback. Um, where do I think he actually ends up? I think he actually ends up in Atlanta, Seattle, or Pittsburgh. One of those three teams. So he either goes top 10 or Pittsburgh probably trades up to get him. Right. So I feel just like, to summarize your thoughts. I feel like it's, it's going to be top 15 because the Steelers will have to trade into the top 15 to get ahead of New Orleans and in Philly. I don't really know if Philly's really in on the quarterbacks regardless. They'll have to trade into the top 15. So Willis really is going to go top 15 one way or another. That makes sense. I, 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 I think I agree with that. I find it hard to believe he falls all the way to 20. I, every time I've mocked him to pick 20 to Pittsburgh – and it just doesn't sit right with me because I do feel like some other team who I think is much more of like a safer pick for Malik or uh, who has a safer pick on the board for a need that they have will instead take the shot on Malik Willis. So I, I agree with that. Cameron, let's let's turn the corner to fantasy football now for Malik Willis. Um, if you're looking to take Malik Willis in fantasy football and you want the best possible outcome for him in fantasy football, where are the best landing spots for him for that to happen? If you want Malik Willis to potentially be that Walmart Lamar Jackson like Jalen Hurts was last year, where do you want Malik Wills to be? I think the two places I really would like him are Seattle and Pittsburgh. Uh, and the reason I like both of those is Pittsburgh, obviously you have Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh said for a long time that they like Malik Wills. You have a whole franchise that believes in you. That franchise breeds success. So Malik Wills is going to be put through the gauntlet right away. They're going to know whether he's 
good or not pretty quickly. I think in practice, they're going to, th- I don't know if he starts this year after they sign Mitch Trubisky, but I also don't think that's the worst thing for Malik Willis. Seattle, I like because he's going to have to play like Russ did when he was just starting out in Seattle, running around the field, making things happen for fantasy wise. It's going to have some huge games, especially if they keep DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, because he's going to have some guys who get wide open. He's going to be using his legs. So fantasy-wise, I really like Seattle. I just don't know how much of a long-term thing that is going to end up being. And if Malik Willis's strength is truly his deep ball, Tyler Lockett will be able to make use of that then. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not super back in on Tyler Lockett, but I, I think I'd be back in enough to make him like my wide receiver three or four on my team. Yeah. In terms of his floor and ceiling for fantasy, I mean, I think it, it might be self-explanatory, but where what, what's his ceiling and what's his floor for fantasy football? Should he land in one of those two spots? Well, okay, so his ceiling is, I think, could be Mike Vick. Um, that's like that's like the, the tippity-top of the ceiling, you know, if we're talking about just, like, the tools that this guy has. He's a crazy good runner. He has an amazing deep ball. You know, he's going to be able to mix that up. Floor, you know, I kind of want to say kind of like a Tua, you know, um, that we've seen the last two years. So kind of where Tua's been. Maybe what we saw from, oh, like a Zach Wilson of last year, but with a little bit more rushing upside, but for his career. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what his floor is. I do think he's just a kind of a mind slight a downgrade from Jalen Hurts. That's kind of where I predict him to fall within that. Right, and that's what I've heard on a lot of a lot of other, in, in a lot of other places as well, is like you, you, you'll have to hope for Jalen Hurts this year in his first year in the league. It could go up after that, but that might also be the ceiling for Malik Willis yeah. as well. He is much uh, closer to this floor than his ceiling. Yes, that that is a great way to sum it up. Uh, Malik Willis, where are you taking him in rookie draft set? I have seen people take him as early as the 101, and that kind of makes me sick to my stomach. I'm not going to lie. Without knowing where he lands, that makes me sick to my stomach. I would not feel safe taking Malik at the 101 in rookie drafts. So if we're talking, so if we're talking super flex... Man, you know, crazy to say, I probably would take him the one of four. Yeah, in um, super you know, flex, I could see one, I like a top five pick. I'm not like I'm not going to scratch my head at a top five pick. And and even that, like, I wouldn't feel great about taking Malik Willis. You know, in dynasty, you're expecting three years probably out of him. Um, in one quarterback leagues, probably looking at the end of the second, I I would not really be taking any quarterback high. Maybe if you're really desperate for a quarterback, you'll mid-second. I'd say late second, early third. I think there's just enough wide receiver depth that you can kind of take a shot on some of these guys later. But I'd probably say late second for Malik. And I, I wouldn't take any quarterback ahead of him in Dynasty. But that's personally just me and how I'm going to value these quarterbacks. I would agree, because I think in, in, in fantasy you are trying to value the, the prospective fantasy value of these players. And I think it's fair to say, while Kenny Pickett may end up being like the better NFL quarterback, it, it, again, it's like Jalen Hurts. Nobody is saying, J, saying Jalen Hurts is a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. Nobody is saying that. But he was still a top 10 play for fantasy last year, which Malik Willis could easily be. Uh, so I'm with mm-hmm. you. I think I think in Superflex, two quarterback leagues, I'm, I'm not going to – 
look at you funny if you draft draft Malik Wills in the top five. But if if you're in a single quarterback league, like I don't I don't know if I want to spend a first round pick on him. I wouldn't go earlier than the one oh I wouldn't go earlier than the one oh eight. That's for sure. And that's speaking from someone who has the one oh eight in a ten team league. <laughs> so yeah, fellas, you can I mark would. off Malik Willis on my first round pick uh options. I wouldn't go earlier than the probably the two oh four. Ah, so almost yeah, almost another round and yeah. another half a round after that even. Yep. Well let's move on to the, the, the next quarterback I just mentioned, Kenny Pickett. Uh, who I believe, well, outside of Cameron, Tyler and I have him as our number one cornerback in the NFL draft this year. Uh, and, and Tyler, we're, we're going to go through the same cycle here. Give me the good, give me the bad of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I'll start with the I'll start with the bad because it started with the good with Malik Willis. Um, <clears throat> the bad of Kenny Pickett is there are times where he can kind of get himself into trouble. So part of it can be misreading a defense and he's unaware of the pocket around him. And sometimes he can step up and he really shouldn't step up. Um, then there are other times, you know, along the same theme of getting himself in trouble where he kind of just automatically assumes where the ball is going to go, right? And that may be the scheme, that may be the play call. Um, but like, there's one play that I have in mind where his receiver is running like a like a ten yard out, and the receiver slips, and the ball is already out of Pickett's hands before the receiver's even breaking towards the sideline. And I know that that's an anticipation throw, but it was from the opposite hash to the opposite to the opposite numbers. So like he had time to let the receiver develop the route a little bit and still get a good ball over to the receiver, right? So there are some of those plays with Kenny Pickett, like I said, where he gets himself into trouble. Um but to me that's decision making and that comes and, and that can be improved with the scheme of different teams. That being said, the good of Kenny Pickett um his decision, I shouldn't say decision-making, his ability to make plays happen is also very, very good. Malik Willis can make plays happen. Kenny Pickett can also do the same. So he's just got to have the freedom in the offense to really kind of do whatever he wants. If he wants to throw it, he can throw it. If he wants to run it, he can run it. He's just got to have the freedom. And his last year at Pitt, he had that freedom, and he – Turned out a, a pretty good season for himself. So, like I said, there there are decision-making question marks, but I would much rather have decision-making question marks because at least I can fix that with X's and O's than having to go through fundamentals with footworks and all that stuff. 100% agree uh, with all of that. I think I Kenny Pickett gets such a bad rap for his hand size too. That's the other thing. <laughs> They're talking about small hands, and I'm like, I'm sick of hearing this, right? Like, I understand if you want to dock a guy for that. I'm, I'm tired of hearing it personally. Uh, but tell me, which, it, it, out of all the teams that could realistically draft Kenny Pickett, and, and the realistic part of this is important, which NFL team is going to benefit Kenny Pickett the most? 
Because we could easily uh, say, like, oh, well, Tampa Bay, right? But, like, <laughs> Tampa Bay isn't going to take Kenny Pickett, right? So out of the teams that could realistically draft Kenny Pickett, which one is going to benefit him the most? I really think it's Carolina-Seattle again. Um, Carolina, because he can pretty much just walk in, and it's not going to be the prettiest thing, but I feel like he's really going to develop his first year just based off experience and speed in the NFL. Um, and I say Seattle just because, again, like we had mentioned with Malik Willis, you give him DK Metcalf and you give him Tyler Lockett and Noah Fant even, right? Like, you give him good weapons, he can make good things happen. So those those two teams to me would be the the the, the most or the best spots for Pickett. So then tell me which is more likely to happen. Kenny Carolina. Pickett going at number six to Carolina or no, 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 no. Okay. Hold on. Let me finish. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Let me finish. No, you're good. You're good. Which is more likely Kenny Pickett going number six to Carolina or him falling outside of the top 10. I think it's more likely that he goes number six. Um, do I think he deserves to be in that spot? I, I don't think so because I, I'm, you guys know this. I have said that none of these quarterbacks really should be going top 10, and I'd even argue top 15. But it's the NFL, and, and your your need for quarterback is of the utmost importance. Carolina cannot run into next year with Sam Darnold. I agree. And there's been so many. Sorry, was, were you going to say something, Cameron? No, I just moved my phone and it. Just and it buzzed. Okay, I, I, I wasn't looking at the, I wasn't looking at the screen, so I couldn't tell if your mouth moved. That's why I had to uh, I had to ask. Um, no, there's been so many rumors of Kenny Pickett to Carolina, um, especially David Tepper being a pit booster. <laughs> I, I'm buying into that so much. I'm like unapologetic for how much I'm just buying into the fact that he's a pit booster that he wants Kenny Pickett in Carolina. Um, so. That's interesting. Uh, Tyler, wrap, wrap it up quick. Uh, no explanation needed. Where do you have Kenny Pickett going in the NFL draft? I have him going six to Carolina. And yeah. that's just what I think will happen. I don't want yeah. it to happen, but I think that's what's going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Cameron, we're looking at we're looking at Kenny Pickett then. Uh, and again, we're going to start from the same spot. Fantasy football, where do you want Kenny Pickett to go? If you want him to be any any piece of fantasy relevant next year. And it'll probably be in a two quarterback league for you to use him as your quarterback too. Yeah, I'd I'd really like to see him go to Carolina. I think that'd be the best fit. They got a, they got enough weapons there, especially if they hold on to McCaffrey. You got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Um, if they figure out Terrace Marshall, you got a lot of guys to throw the ball too. Uh, and then Kenny Pickett in rookie drafts again. We'll we'll assume super flex because in single quarterback league, I'm really not looking at Kenny Pickett until the late second round. But in super flex leagues, how early are you looking to take? Kenny Pickett potentially. How early? How early would you be willing to take him? But like, where is like the absolute latest he could absolutely fall to? If if I wanted needed a quarterback pretty bad, I'd look at the one hundred and five, um, right behind where I think I'd take Willis. Probably would feel more comfortable around the one hundred and seven, one hundred and eight. I just you know, like I I don't think Kenny Pickett's a bad quarterback. I think he'll be fine, but I also don't think he's going to be a fantasy superstar. And I think there's enough guys in that top nine in um, Superflex that could be, you know, fantasy superstars. 
Absolutely. Like I, that's the thing that I'm having trouble with Kenny Pickett on is I like how one how badly would I do I need a quarterback? But two, like how certain am I? Like is Kenny Pickett really going to be better fantasy wise in terms of in relevance to his position than Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Drake London, uh, Jameson Williams when healthy, Garrett Wilson. Um, let me keep going. Kenneth Walker. Uh, Chris Olave, who am I missing in here? There's at least one more that I'm missing. Uh, you could even, if uh, if Spiller, Isaiah Spiller, falls to the right team, like, it, it, again, you, you could go back and forth on that even, right? But, like, I, I named at least six or seven guys. So, yeah, I, I, I think I agree. And if you include Malik Willis, all of a sudden that's eight. So I'm not, like, 109 probably is where I'm looking at the earliest. That's me personally, though, but. I think I do yeah. agree. It, it depends on all on how bad you do need a quarterback in your in your uh, in your leagues. All right, here's the thing: out of these next three QBs, I don't even want to spend time trying to break down all of their analysis for fantasy football. Uh, so here's what I'm going to ask: out of the, out of Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, which one do you th- for both of you? Which one do you think has the best shot at any sort of fantasy relevance next year? I think I'm going to go Matt Corral. Just because I think he could end up on a team other than, because um, I think Ritter, I think he could have more fantasy potential later. However, I think he's going to end up on a team where they want him to sit a year, whereas Corral potentially could end up on a team where he's competing for year one, and you see something happen and he takes over. So that would that would be the only reason for Corral. I don't think it's be great fantasy relevance, but I think there would be some fantasy relevance because of that. I guess I guess it really depends on. I'm I'm not gonna go down that route. I'll give you just the one word answer. I'm going Corral. I just think he has the most talent out of the three quarterbacks left. I'm gonna say Desmond Ritter because if the Steelers strike out on Malik Willis, I think they go after Desmond Ritter. Me personally. Yeah. That and that's just total like a, a a gut kind of a thing. That's not even like I have nothing to back that up. But uh, and then Tyler to to wrap these three quarterbacks out. Uh, where do you have each of them going? We can start with Matt Corral. Where do you have him going in your draft? Um, and uh, I won't even talk about the good and the bad because I mean I think there's probably more unknown about a lot of these quarterbacks than there is actually good or bad. Yeah. So for uh, for clarity's sake, Kenny Pickett to Carolina. I'll probably have Malik Willis go to Atlanta because I think if Atlanta, if Willis is there at eight, I think Atlanta does take him, even with all the glaring holes that they have. I think they'll take the shot on him. So that leaves um, Seahawks, Steelers, and I'll say the Lions as the three teams left. And I'll, I'll go corral to the Steelers in a trade back, so I wouldn't say 20. Um, yeah, so what round would you see Matt Corral realistically going in then? Man, second round? I think, I feel like, I feel like 20's early, so I feel like second round, but I don't know if mm-hmm. Corral falls that late into the second. So maybe, actually, based off of this, let's go no trades. Let's do this. Corral to the Lions because they have the earliest second round pick. Yep. Seahawks then take Sam Howell. And then the the Steelers and late second take Ritter. Yeah. Give me, go ahead. Are you say something, Cameron? I could see the Steelers doing uh, what the Vikings did for Teddy Bridgewater, 
taking that 20 pick and then trading up to like pick 32 with the Lions, having Lions move back, gather more picks, and then taking Corral or Ritter, whoever they want, at the end of that first round. That that would probably have to be the move if you're the Steelers, um, because I, th- I think you're right. I don't know if 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 they like one of those guys that isn't Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. Like I, I don't know if they'll make it to pick twenty of the second round to at least get their pickings and not just kind of be stuck with you know whatever's left over from the litter. Um, real quick, uh, Ty, give me give me one thing you like about each quarterback here and one thing you don't like about each quarterback, starting with Macarell. Yeah, um, Matt Corral, I think he has the most arm talent in this class. He has incredible touch. He has incredible accuracy. Um, so that's my, my high point for him. High point for Ritter. Um, can I, I don't, um, eh, maybe let's go you to You don't Howell. have many Howell. high points by the sounds of it. <laughs> No, no, I'll go to Howell, and a high point for Ritter will come to me. It's escaping me at the moment. But Howell has the best deep ball in the class. Like, his deep ball is money every every time. And I know the pro day wasn't the greatest showing for him, but on tape with the worst offensive line he could have had. And after losing his top weapons in, like, Daz Newsome and Deami Brown, the dude didn't skip a beat when it came to the deep, to the deep ball. So Sam Howell has, has the deep ball in his arsenal. And for Desmond Ritter, I'll say progression reads for Ritter. Ritter does seem to really understand how defenses, you know, set up, operate all that stuff. So I know that people like their own little pieces to each quarterback, right? Some Someone might value the intangibles of the quarterback, right, for Ritter more than the deep ball for Howell. Um, some people may dock the arm talent a little bit just because that's that's minus the intangibles. You know what I mean? Like, personally for me, I just like the arm talent a little bit more. Uh, and then give me, give me a downside for each quarterback as well. Yeah. Uh, Matt Corral... Matt Corral's decision-making in the past was very spotty. When he first started out as quarterback, he had a lot of head-scratching turnovers. And that's gotten better, um, but decision-making was not the clearest for him. Um, Ritter, Ritter's low light is honestly his arm. It's not the, it's not the flashiest arm, but it's also not like the worst arm. But if you if you need like the one scenario I picture, right? Vikings versus Saints in the playoffs, and Kirk hits the deep ball to Thielen. Ritter's not making that throw. Sam Howell's making that throw. Corral's making that throw, and the two guys we talked about before making that throw. I don't think Ritter's making that throw. Um, and the downside for Sam Howell, um, he relies on himself a little too much. Um, he can just tug in a run sometimes when he really should just actually just hold on to the ball for like half a second longer and he'll find, and he can let a window open up for him. But like I said, there are times where he just tucks in instead of actually just waiting. So he's just got to learn the patient aspect of being a quarterback. I agree with every single one of those. 
Um, I, I I don't know. I I've seen so many different rankings for these quarterbacks, but I do know at the top of most of them, it's Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis, and after that, it is just kind of a heyday on on whoever goes next. And I think it'll be up to preference at that point. So that is kind of where we all stand as well. And that wraps out another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. Do either of you have any final sentiments before we take off? And Cameron does. I have one last question for you guys. Yes. Who Who is winning the Masters this weekend? Oh, man. Oh, Tyler, go. I... <laughs> have to look up who's all participating real quick. <laughs> Tiger's in it. Tiger Tiger's is in, in it. it. I know. I almost I'm, went I almost went gut check Tiger, but uh, I, I couldn't do that. I think it's going to be Brooks. Uh, Brooks is a sneaky one. He's not being talked about much this week. He's not being talked about much I this like week. I, I, I do agree. I think Brooks could be a sneaky pick this week. You know, because Bryson is right now looking like his doctor's telling him not to play, and he's still going to play. So if Bryson misses the cut, that might be the extra fuel that Brooks needs to kind of get over the hump and uh, take home the green jacket. Sorry, I just completely threw that's you guys a, that's on the a spot. Good, no, 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 no. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Masters odds. Um, I think Scotty Scheffler could be interesting. Uh, I don't mind him. Uh, I, I'm like, I'm not a Rory guy. I actually, I'm like oh. fairly anti-Rory. But I think this could be the year he completes his career Grand Slam and Rory takes it home this year. Uh, I, I I really don't want to pick Rory, but this just it, it feels like one of those years where it makes sense to pick the guy who you don't want to root for. So he gets his career Grand Slam, and then Rory gets his moment of the year, and then nobody shuts up about it for two months, and then it's like, okay, then Rory goes back to irrelevance for a while. So uh, I'm going to take yeah. Rory McIlroy. I'm looking between I'm 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 trying to decide between two guys right now. One of which kind of took the world by storm either last year or the year before that, and that's Colin Morikawa. Yep. Um and if it's not him, I kinda like John Ram. Okay. John Rom, yeah. John Rom. Yeah, Rom, sorry. He's the bet- sorry, he's the betting fault. favorite right now. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that doesn't make me feel too great about Rom then if he's the betting favorite. <laughs> those are my two guys. I'll go with those two guys. All right, for sure. All right, that's all I wanted to know. That's what I'm going to be no, watching that's this good. weekend. That's, so. an important, that's an important note to end on. I appreciate that. Tyler, anything from you? Have you guys been watching the Moon Knight series on Disney Plus? No, but I plan on I starting it either tomorrow or Friday. So it's only two episodes so far. Right. And I'm almost ready to argue that it's my favorite series so far really yeah interesting now i now i have to watch it no we're kidding it's one of those it's one of those shows that like you you don't guess but you keep questioning things right like you're like okay Uh, there's something off and i'm noticing these things so it leads me to this but this and this happens so that can't happen right for sure so, very enjoyable. I hope you guys enjoy it, too. Of course. I'll give you my update on the podcast next week. <laughs> only, yes. sentiment I, uh, only sentiment I uh, I have is make sure you put it in your calendar Thursday, April 28th, 7 p.m. We are going live on YouTube right. and TikTok during the NFL draft. We will be bringing you every single pick, our thoughts on every single pick. 
and the fantasy impact should it apply. That is the only yes. sentiment I have. Put that in your calendar. Uh, make sure to join us for that. Make sure to give us a follow Definitely. on the socials as well. FF fellows on Twitter, the FF fellows on Instagram, fantasy football fellows on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, again, we'll be going live on TikTok, and we have our live notifications on there. So make sure to drop a follow so you know when we are going live that night as well. Again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. It is three stooges being dudes all in one episode once again. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.